Welcome to Happy News Network. We are here to brighten your week while you take a break from doom scrolling. Join us as we discuss our latest Happy News finds. A bit about us, Kristen is a Colorado stage manager. And Shayna is a creator and stage manager. Shayna, what is your Happy News this week? Okay, so I've gone back to school. It's about a month now. I'm doing a triple focused certificate program called Creative Catalyst. And our current module is eight weeks on leadership. And it focuses on how to be creative and a leader and bridging the gap between both. And we're a month in and I'm really enjoying it. This week, there were some really interesting lessons and our, uh, it makes you have some really introspective thoughts and it, it challenges me, but it's also really nice to be having something to do on the calendar on a regular basis and to have that going on in my life. It's very positive to be in this program. I love that. And you know, like you said, it's like creative and leadership. Sometimes those don't really, it's kind of tricky to get those to mesh, but yeah, being a stage manager, you have to do that anyway. So that's really awesome. Yeah. We've been focusing on what are stereotypes and stigmas about artists versus profession, you know, versus professionals versus being creative versus being a leader. So it really makes you think, oh, but but there is so much crossover and we are all of those things. And it's, it's really a lovely way to be highlighting the good of the, of the industry in a time where, uh, you know, you're just sitting at home a whole lot. So, (laughs) so what's happy in your world? Uh, well, I went on a Halloween movie binge this past weekend. I watched 11 movies that I Instagrammed about, but then I watched another two movies that I forgot to take a picture of. So <laughs> I really watched 13 movies in oh my two God. days. And I started with like, we used to do this in college where we'd have like a monster movie marathon on one Saturday in October. And we'd start at like eight in the morning with like Casper or something that's like kid friendly. And then things get mm-hmm progressively scarier throughout the day so by the end you're watching like the grudge or something um <laughs> nice like so family of, film yeah so I kind <laughs> of did that like on my own and because mm-hmm. Aaron had to work this weekend so I like was home alone watching progressively more <laughs> scary Halloween movies and crafting yeah, and that? it was so frolic and delightful I loved it so we've we've neglected to to mention that this past weekend also you had a birthday and there's always something to celebrate no but you've made it another year so that's worth celebrating and that's part of that spooky marathon is just having time to yourself sure (laughs) (laughs) no I've decided since everything else is canceled I'm just still 29 so yeah I get that I'm still technically 27 yeah I get that yeah. Yeah. Cancel. Yeah. Did you have um, any sort of good snacks with your marathon? Uh, well, I made cupcakes. It was National Cupcake Day. My birthday and National Cupcake Day yes. are the same. So cupcakes every year. Thank you. Um, so I made cupcakes and only had three of those for breakfast. What kind of cupcakes? Um, chocolate cupcakes. Homemade chocolate cupcakes with homemade buttercream icing. Yum. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't really remember what I ate the rest of the day. Well, you were in a sugar days. That's probably why. Definitely nothing else <laughs> was involved in me forgetting what I did that day. 
Uh, the San Diego Public Library has reopened after being closed for six-ish months due to the pandemic. They have figured out the reopening uh, as part of San Diego's multi-phase plan to reopen 36 public library branches, which is awesome. So they have uh, limited phases of reopening. So right now the reopening sections allow for people to have printing, computer usage, book pickups, and some in-person searching for books. Um, so the computers have been spaced out, shelves have been rearranged to limit browsing and touching, and there's routine cleaning of facilities by all the lovely people working there. And they have up to 25% capacity at a time. So there's entry procedures that the librarians are implementing to gauge temperatures and everyone has to be masked the whole time. And uh, it seems to have gone really smoothly so far. There have been zero issues with patrons adjusting to the new rules. And it, it, people are just so happy that the libraries are moving forward reopening. The San Diego Public Library is, uh, they adapted to COVID as best they could six months ago. They had increased virtual programming and contact-free pickup services. Uh, and I, I know that our local library here in St. Pete also has contact-free pickup. And it's it's great. You can still read a book that way. And one visitor said, uh, libraries are a great community resource. And we are all wanting that sense of community right now. And I don't know. I just remember the the Arthur jingle growing up that, you know, having fun isn't hard when you've got a library card. And I loved going to the library growing up. That was so much fun. Mm -hmm. We were not a huge TV movie family, so we could always check out movies too. And I don't know, I was a bookworm growing up and I, I love that the libraries are, are sort of modernizing themselves and it's a little sad the way that they had to do it, but the fact that they've been able to keep themselves relevant. And I think, people with little kids are probably like, give them books, give them things. So uh, <laughs> um, so hopefully people in San Diego are able to enjoy their libraries being open again. Yeah, that's awesome. I can, I remember going to the library. This is so weird because I like never read now. But as a kid, I used to read like all the Junie B. Jones books and all the Arthur books. Like there was like those little Arthur chapter books. And I literally don't think I've ever told anyone this unless like somebody walked in on me doing it. <laughs> but I would lock myself in my bedroom and like act out the Arthur books, like with voices and things like just me, like one woman show of Arthur books growing up. You were meant to be in the performing arts industry, my friend. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is why I'm on book all the time. Cause that's just, I can just yes. read it straight from the page. <laughs> Amazing. I had gone to a couple yard sales with a friend and her mom. And I had gotten this giant stack of babysitter club and the babysitter little sisters books, mm -hmm. but it wasn't the complete series. It was like number one, number seven, number nine, but it was like 30 of those for like $4. And so to supplement it, my mom would schlep me to the library and I would check out like however much of the series at a time I could. And yeah. then I, you know, watch the TV show. I'm very excited. It's getting a reboot. Yeah. But I was a babysitter for most of my adolescence. So I, uh, and my, you know, into the teenage years, I babysat a lot. And 
I loved the babysitter club books and I got into them mm-hmm. after reading the little sister one. Cause you go with your age. So yeah, I don't know. Thanks Camden County public library. It was right around the corner from where we used to swim. So it was like a dual field trip sometimes. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. We have babysitters club too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. love man. What was your favorite Junie B Jones like shenanigan? Oh, wow. I mean, she's just an icon to yes. begin with. So. <laughs> hmm. I don't know if I have a favorite. I really like yucky blucky fruitcake because it's a holiday one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's your first happy news? <laughs> so I'm heading to our neighbors to the north. There was a Canadian couple that had been planning their wedding for August of 2020. I think it was supposed to be in August um so to have their wedding this year they did it earlier this month earlier in October and they invited 50 Canadian friends because they can have up to 50 people in Canada so 50 Canadian friends and family were at a pier in New Brunswick Canada and 15 friends and family stood on the bank of a river of the same river that the pier was on in Maine so they were in Canada on a pier and then also in Maine in the US and their grandparents got a little boat and floated in the middle so everybody could be socially distant and safe. And the people that did the bride's hair and makeup were friends and family who were invited to the wedding anyway. So it was just like a big team effort. And the couple said that it wasn't the wedding they planned but it became the wedding of their dreams. That is so sweet. And clever. That's so clever. Yeah. Like to find a, cause I mean, obviously the river was pretty narrow at this point where people mm-hmm. in Maine and people in Canada could be at the same wedding. Anyway. Clever. Love it. I love that. And I'm just picturing like the old grandparents on this little boat zipping around. It was so cute. Right and now, it was I just, just like a little teeny motorboat, like a little, like it was I'm the picture like I saw. I'm picturing like grandma on a jet ski. Is <laughs> I mean, Maine in October, I assume is pretty cold, but sure. It's not the image we should be picturing, but it is. (laughs) I love it. Oh my God. But what a sweet, what a sweet story. So my second article takes us to Nepal by way of uh, the good hearts of people from Vietnam. So uh, there is a group uh, called Himalayas Vietnam, and they are Vietnamese people with a love for Nepal based on having experiences traveling there or visiting. And they have been stepping up and helping their Nepalese uh, friends and uh, the people of Nepal uh, during COVID-19. So Nepal is a lower income country and it's really been strongly affected by the pandemic. So uh, with or without the pandemic, they have issues with high healthcare costs and lacking medical equipment. So a lot of people will just refuse medication if they're sick. Uh, so the Vietnamese communities are sending bailout packages in the form of food, which is amazing. They're just sending resources to their friends via uh, Himalayas, Vietnam. So uh, 400 rice bags, meaning 10 tons of rice, will be delivered directly to Kathmandu, Lumbini, and poor rural areas throughout Nepal. And uh, on October 4th, 100 bailout packages from a Vietnamese restaurant based in Nepal were distributed. And that restaurant is called Pho 99 Kathmandu. And I just love that there is some more international across the border uh, camaraderie happening. And it's just 
being a good neighbor, being a good fan of another country and just being a good support system for people who need it during tough times. Yeah. I love being a good neighbor and countries coming together right now. That's really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love. Um, so my second article is kind of across the country, like United States, like I'm in Brown at Brown University and in California is where this research took place, but it was a study from Brown University that they did in California. It's about Mm -hmm. lighting in nursing homes. Um, So residents in nursing homes tend to have a lot of trouble sleeping through the night. Um, A big part of that is just taking naps throughout the day. And this study found out how to cut the number of sleep time or of nighttime sleep disturbances in half without using drugs. It's lighting. So they've installed these LED lights that mimic sunlight throughout a 24 hour period. So they change color and intensity throughout the day, like the sun does naturally. And bonus, because they're not at like 100% intense all day, it's saving energy too. So that's a re- I thought that was a really cool way to like residents that's are having really trouble cool. sleeping. How do we fix this without medicating people like mm-hmm. lighting and you help energy yeah. saving. Yeah, like you're helping to set their biological clock via lighting. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, just thinking so about innovative. like Yeah, thinking about like walking into like a nursing home at night when it's dark outside but it's so bright inside. Mm-hmm. just yeah fixing that with lighting amazing genius wow. yeah. yeah I had this issue and some others did on cruise ships with inside cabins if you don't have a window and any sort of portal it's sure. really hard to like wake up in a fully dark room because you have no concept of time so especially if you're working until 1 a.m or something and you have to be back up at eight you're like what hour is it? So I would, when I went to bed at night, I would turn my little cabin TV on to this channel that was view from the bridge so that when I woke up, I could at least see some of the sun. And it was sort of like the very low budget version of what this is, but it it totally makes sense. And what a great uh, combination of a study being done and, and being put into practice. Yeah. So I thought that was brills if you're craving retail therapy check out positive posts clothing co they have designs to uplift and combat daily negativity they have everything apparel face masks mugs magnets and tote bags i love their kindness is contagious and reading will take you to new worlds campaigns enter the code happy at checkout for 15 percent off your purchase that's happy in all caps So my last article today is all about shoes. Uh, In Bloomfield, New Jersey, the St. Thomas the Apostle School held a donation for feet. Their drive, it was a shoe drive run with funds to orgs and 105 bags of 25 pairs of shoes per bags were collected. That equals 2,500 pairs of shoes. Um, You should see the picture from the article. It's like just rows of trash bags filled with shoes. And the school also earned a percentage from each of the donations, garnering about $1,000 for the school. So uh, the shoes are sent to people in developing nations and 
Funds to Orgs is an organization that began when a single shoe washed ashore after the 2004 Indian Ocean tsunami. So the founder, Wayne Elzey, was the president of an international shoe company at the time. And he's since turned this organization into a large international nonprofit. And they have coordinated the donation of over 20 million shoes to people impacted by natural disasters. And they basically are just a shoe drive fundraiser organization. So if you go to fundstoorgs.com, there's so much info. And like the first little pop-up when you get there is how to coordinate a shoe uh, school drive. It's so cute. It, it, there's so much material to comb through on that site. And they make it, it seems like they make it very easy and accessible for schools to just put these activities together. Cute. I love that. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. What's your final article for the week? This is our Halloween-ish episode. Um, So I looked up some pumpkin stuff. The city of Half Moon Bay, California is the pumpkin capital of the world. And every year they host Safeway's World Championship Pumpkin Way Off. And typically there's this huge festival, but obviously that's not happening this year. So they just did a pumpkin way off that was live streamed and horticulturists from across usually all of North America, but this year, just the United States drove to half moon Bay, California to compete, to win the grand prize, which is usually, which is $7 per pound of pumpkin. And this year's winner drove all the way from Minnesota to California to outweigh more than 30 other pumpkins and weighing in at a total of 2,350 pounds, this pumpkin who's named Tiger King after Netflix show, um, it grew up to 53 pounds a day. 53 pounds of pumpkin in one day. That's nutso. Um, and that's a lot to, of pumpkin scones. <laughs> right, truly. And to win your pumpkin can't have any cracks or anything. Like it has to be like a physically perfect quote unquote pumpkin. So to drive that far, like how flipping stressful. Um, yeah, but it was yeah. worth it I guess like to go through all that stress to then win it um and usually yeah usually the winner of this pumpkin way off is displayed at the New York Botanic Gardens but not this year so Tiger King will return to its hometown of Anoka Minnesota the self-proclaimed Halloween capital of the world <laughs> I love that Obsessed I love it so much this pumpkin from the Halloween capital of the world drove across the country to the pumpkin capital of the world. Wow. That is a, a time. That's a big old pumpkin. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Oh, Tiger King, the pumpkin. Halloween. Yeah. That is a pumpkin far bigger than a tiger. Um, <laughs> it's time to draw the winner of our spooky giveaway. As a reminder, prizes include a custom-made spooky tote, makeup bag, tumbler, two spooky face masks, and a chance to join Kristen and me as co-host for an entire episode of Happy News Network. All right. Crystal McGrath, congratulations. Woo, congrats. 
Awesome. We will reach out to you on whichever platform you entered on. So keep an eye out for that. And Shana, before we go, what happiness are you looking forward to? This weekend in St. Pete. So uh, it's the Grand Prix and I'm so happy that there's tourism in town. I'm so happy small businesses are getting this boost. I can't wait for it to be over because uh, it uh, they 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 put all these blocks around town and modify the roads and walkways like just the, the sidewalk access. So I can't wait for uh, tourism is probably going to stay because people are starting to leave the northeast and come down safely for the winter. So I I can't wait to have more walk space available so that as our population sort of goes up for the winter with the snowbirds coming back, uh, we have more space to branch out. And uh, that way we can all get to our favorite uh, local ice cream shops or local coffee shops or whatever more often and and without um, so much crowding. Yeah, love that. But I'm also, yeah, I'm also glad that St. Pete gets to host the Grand Prix this year. It's usually in March. It's a huge national event. So I'm glad that they figured out a way to host it. Yeah, that's really great. That's great. Yeah. How about you? Um, well, it snowed again today. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, you know, October is winding down. So that just means I get to put up my Christmas stuff. Um, we're a big Christmas decoration family. My grandma owned a Christmas shop from all of my childhood. So Christmas runs deep, deep in my blood. So I cannot wait for it to be appropriate to put up the Christmas tree. So I'm just looking forward to that already. Do you even take it down? Is it, it, oh my God. I did in high school. There was a year I left it up. And when Christmas was over, I took the decorations off and put football stuff up. Uh, Done. I mean, the two can go hand in hand. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So you could just put a jersey on the tree and then just put like a little helmet on top instead of a star. And it's just like, oh, yeah. That's what I did. I'm not new to the party. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I did in high school. (laughs) I love it. I love it. We had those little um, uh, Hanukkah decorations. Um, They've come a long way since I was a kid. Sure. But they're still not quite as big a deal as Christmas decorations. So we had these like little Hanukkah sticker things we'd put in the windows. And that was a big day in our house. (laughs) Which window do we put the sticky tack menorah in this year? And can we see it at night? No, we can't. But that's fine because it still gets light out a couple hours a day in Jersey. So we're good. Um, So that was the extent of our holiday decorating growing up. (laughs) I'm so jealous. (laughs) Oh, man. Love it. I love it so much. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm so glad that you get to decorate soon. 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 Fingers crossed. Yeah. Listeners, let us know your happy news, names, pictures, family-friendly, fun, whatever you're up to. We love it all. Email us at hnnpodcast at gmail.com. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at hnnpodcast for happy news throughout the week. Until next time, I'm Kristen. I'm Shana. Have Have a a happy happy week. week.